Welcome back to another episode of Brand Like a Girl, a podcast dedicated to providing influencers, content creators, and entrepreneurs with the tools to grow a successful brand on and offline. I'm your host, Nia Imani, and in today's episode, we are going to be discussing how to stick out amongst the competition by creating a winning niche. So before we even dive into this topic, I wanted to share with you all some recent news from YouTube. So as of July 7th, 2020, YouTube is now going to allow content creators to add mid-roll ads in between videos that are eight minutes or longer. So traditionally, videos had to be 10 minutes um, or longer to be eligible for mid-roll ads. And I felt like it was a reason to really urge creators um, to make longer content. But, you know, for me, I feel like as even as a natural hair influencer or a beauty influencer, honestly, just somebody who likes to talk about multiple things on their platform, um, a video that's 10 minutes or longer is not necessarily always needed. You know, like sometimes something is just good by being 10 minutes or being six minutes. Um, Everything doesn't need to be 10 minutes or longer. I feel like sometimes when it gets into content being a bit lengthy, you might lose, you know, the attention span of your viewers, especially when you are dealing with people who may be of the younger generation and prefer more bite-sized content. I feel like it's, it can sometimes be harder, I would say, to engage people who prefer shorter content, <laughs> so to speak. Um, so pretty much, you know, I, like I said, I'd argue that not all creatives were particularly interested in um, creating longer content. And I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, if you're creating engaging content, compensation for engaging content as well as racking up those views. So now that YouTube has provided us with this new update, more content creators will be eligible to monetize their platform and potentially see an increase in the payments that they may receive. The YouTube team also mentioned that videos that already have mid-roll ads will not be impacted and future uploads from monetizing channels will also have mid-roll ads turned on by default unless creators specify that they are not interested in this feature. I don't know why you wouldn't be interested in this feature because honestly, you know, more money. It sounds like a win-win situation. Um, nonetheless, you know, one of my YouTube friends, her name is Kendra. Um, her channel here is called Kinesthetics, or you can follow her on Instagram or YouTube at Kinesthetics. She personally believes that YouTube is rolling out this feature due to Instagram's new monetization tool um, on Instagram TV that's going to allow creators to earn money on a more bite-sized pl- content platform. Again, like I was mentioning earlier that, you know, a lot of people have shifted their engagement, have shifted their content, it's you know, to Instagram, myself included, you know, I do, sometimes I just do campaigns solely on Instagram. A lot of content creators that I love and I adore, they're more so putting their attention on Instagram because it's, it is a little bit easier when it comes to YouTube. It can sometimes be, it can feel oversaturated. Um, it can feel like, you know, your content is not getting into the hands of, you know, your viewers and being honest, everybody's not going to sit down to watch a 10 minute eight minute, 20 minute, 30 minute video, but people don't have the, an issue scrolling through an image or tapping through an Instagram story. So I feel like right now, Instagram or not even Instagram, Google and Facebook are kind of going head in head, um, you know, because Facebook did roll out their Facebook watch program where content creators can monetize over on the Facebook platform, similar to how Google AdSense works on um on YouTube or other sites that you can monetize when you have like a blog. But I feel like, you know, since now Facebook has found a way to monetize 
content through Instagram, specifically through Instagram TV, yeah, I can agree that YouTube is definitely probably feeling that heat and is trying to find a way to continue to incentivize their creators to create on this platform. So why do you feel like this is, or why do you, why do I personally feel like this is important or a huge step for YouTube? I would say number one, content creators can go back now to older videos that might have been shorter in length and they can monetize. I do have a few videos here on my platform that still are getting views like on a monthly basis that I might have recorded in 2016. They might've been about six to seven, well, sorry. They might've been about eight to nine minutes and not have reached that 10 minute mark. So I wasn't able to get as much monetization as I might have wanted to. But now that I'm, I would be able to go back, maybe I can you know, raking a few more dollars. It might not be that much, but I can go back and I can monetize older videos. Number two, I also feel that this may also boost some content creators watch time due to, you know, their community not being super interested in lengthy content. You know, they'll be able to provide more succinct and medium length videos and still be compensated appropriately. As I mentioned earlier, Everybody is not interested in lengthy, lengthy, lengthy content. When I think of YouTube, I do think of longer, shorter form content, of course, but everybody does not want to watch a 20 minute video. So now that you maybe be able to cut off your video at between eight to 10 minutes and still receive that compensation, um, I think that's a plus. So I think that, you know, this might entice more people to come back on the, pro the platform or entice older creators to keep creating the content that they were doing. And then number three, I think this is another benefit. You know, YouTube can automate this service for you by turning on default mid-roll ads. Um, you could do this in the YouTube studio and you just say you agree to that. And basically you won't have to manually add those ads into your platform. I personally like to go in and add my ads manually, but somebody might not wanna always do that. When I was reading the email from YouTube, they were also saying that, you know, they do this through machine learning where they can go in and they'll figure out what's an appropriate break to add an ad based off how long your video is. So you don't have to go in and you don't have to manually add those ads. So the reason I feel like overall this is important because everybody might not necessarily understand how Google AdSense works or how you know YouTube's ad program works so if traditionally if I had a video that was six minutes or that was eight minutes and it didn't meet that 10 minute mark I was only eligible to receive ads before the video and after the video and then they also have like little pop-up ads that can you know show on the video while the video is rolling but it's not the same as a longer video that was sponsored by a company maybe that was based off of the interest that my viewers you know may have so what that means is if that video was about eight minutes long and it wasn't 10 minutes long two ads and sometimes a lot of people don't even they don't even add that ad towards the end of the video because some people don't immediately click out the video they won't stay until the end but what I'm saying is creators were only getting paid essentially by one ad in their video and that's being realistic that's that's not a lot of compensation I do believe it, it really depends on I would say you know, what country you're located in specifically, how much money you would see per ad that's being watched because we get paid by the people who actually watch the video. So who actually watch the ad? That's how, you know, content creators are compensated here on this platform. The more ads our viewers watch on our, on our platform. So that's how much money we get paid basically. And it's, it's a whole, it's a lot that goes into that, but basically that's how you receive compensation from YouTube. So if you have a video that received 20,000 views, but you only, 
have that one ad in front of it, you're not gonna, I don't feel like you were, you were reaching your fullest potential when it came to ads being seen in your videos and, you know, being able to be fully compensated for the views that you are raking in. So I think it is important. And I think that this is really a big step. And I hope that, you know, content creators will see a difference when it comes to adding these breaks now in between shorter videos. So that's my little hot take before we actually dive in. Um, as I mentioned in my last podcast, I really want to just stress the importance to you all that, you know, video is king. If you are a content creator or an entrepreneur or just anyone who wants to share their journey, their testimony, their experience in their voice in general, I would strongly say, you know, or urge you to join YouTube or even join Facebook, join somewhere. But video is king. People are nosy. People are investigative people really just want to know who's speaking to them and you know youtube is it can seem oversaturated but in this episode specifically we're going to be talking about how to find and how to maximize and leverage a winning niche and you know youtube is one of the second largest search engines and it is powered or it is owned by google which is the actual first largest or the the largest search engine in general so they are working together to make sure that when people type it in something, they can find it via Google, via YouTube, you know? So take that into consideration. It's not too late to start a YouTube channel. It's not too late to put content out there because you have the answers to questions that somebody is asking. So even if your video only gets 800 views, you just impacted 800 people potentially. So don't look at it as, oh, you know, somebody's already doing this and these videos have already been made or people have already talked about it, but you haven't already talked about it. So just really, I strongly urge you to take that into consideration, especially now platforms are monetizing more now than ever. You know, I'm, I'm appalled because if I knew that I can make money back then from Instagram, if Instagram TV was monetizing back then, I feel like it would be a whole different ball game. But you know, I'm ex I'm I'm happy that I've learned what I've learned thus far, but now more and more platforms are creating tools to help creators monetize. So, I would just strongly urge you to take that into consideration um and strengthen your brand by creating a strong social media platform. All right, y'all, welcome back. So, now it is time to discuss how to create a winning niche. So, definitely let me know in the comments if you say niche or if you say niche, you know, I personally say niche. When I looked it up in Webster Dictionary, when I looked up how to sound it, it says niche, not niche. But honestly, it's all down to preference. Tomato, tomato. So anywho, um, a niche is denoting or relating to products, services, or interests that appeal to a small, specialized section of the population, right? So in other words, I would just say your niche is going to be your specialty, your differentiator. How do you stand out from all of the other brands or the businesses or the companies or just whatever it may be, you know, that are doing the exact same thing as you? And I think it's funny that we even have to give this a name because I feel like, you know, we were all created differently. <laughs> so, you know, we were all put here to do a specific thing. We were all put here with specific talents and with specific gifts. So you and yourself, you are already a niche. But I will say when it does come to business, when it does come to brands, you do have to stick out because a lot of times, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. People, we are all doing the same thing. Target, Kroger, Walmart, they're all, you know, stores. They're all drugstores or 
could be i don't know they're all stores that you can go and you can get groceries you can get furniture you can get clothes but how they package the experience is what allows different customers or a different type of customer to come and to solicit their you know establishment people who are shopping at walmart some people that are shopping at Walmart might not necessarily be shopping at Target. A lot of times, you know, Walmart, they said in their Target audience, and I don't mean to go off on a um, tangent, but, you know, when it comes to who they're trying to captivate, they're honestly looking to target low-income people. They call them aspirational, um, brand aspirational um, consumers. So they want to have a an experience where they might be able to afford quality goods, but they might not necessarily afford quality, can, can actually afford quality goods. So Walmart is more than likely looking to captivate that low income person. If we're being completely honest, when it comes to target, target is providing their consumer with an, an experience. Target has, you know, their own brand of brands of goods when it comes down to furniture from groceries to snacks to toiletries they are really creating an experience when you go in target you know their the way their store is actually set up is so that you go through the entire store walmart i don't feel like it's that too much walmart gives me that more warehouse in not industrial but that more warehouse vibe so who they they both sell clothes they sell food they sell furniture walmart and target but when you think about the experience that you receive from both places they're definitely different and they are definitely you know targeting a niche when it comes down to their 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 overall target consumer granted anybody and everybody probably shops at both target as well as walmart but you can just tell by the experience when you step into into the store who they're trying to target so pretty much, you know, back to what I was mentioning about being a differentiator or having a differentiator. When I was in college, you know, I would have considered myself a natural hair beauty as well as college lifestyle vlogger. Um, I specifically spoke and captivated a target audience between the ages of 18 to 24 that were either A, interested in beauty, natural hair related content, or B, they were interested in college life, more specifically the HBCU or the black collegiate experience. So having this as my niche, you know, allowed me to work with brands who really wanted to speak to the black college women demographic or they wanted to speak to the black college women demographic that were interested in beauty. So in college, I would work with brands like Brita and I would do back to school campaigns where, you know, they wanted to get college students to purchase a Brita filter because, you know, they were either moving into their first apartment, moving into their first dorm, or they just, I don't know, they want a Brita, you know? So I was able to work with brands like that, but I was also able to work with natural hair brands who maybe just wanted me to speak to black college women or they wanted me to speak to black women in general who like natural hair. So I was kind of really able to find that intersection between, okay, I'm in college, so I can milk this, you know, college influencer thing, but also I'm a natural hair influencer. Even when I leave natural hair, I mean, even when I leave college, I'm still going to be involved in natural hair. So that was always that thing that I had, but being in college also helped and allowed me to boost and find my own, you know, carve out my own specific lane. So pretty much me carving out that lane of having content that revolved around, you know, me going to college, me being in college, but I also decided to dive more into like how to utilize LinkedIn, how to get your resume, finding a, a, an internship, just 
talking about my college experience, what I liked, what I didn't like about my school, those types of things while also creating beauty content, natural hair content, all of those things, it allowed my content to be diverse. So when people came to my platform, some people were solely interested in what I had to do when it came to school and, and what revolved around college life, but some people were solely on my platform strictly for natural hair and beauty related content. So like I mentioned, I was able to find that intersection and my content was diverse. My content wasn't so broad to the point where it's like, who is this for? You know, sometimes some people create content. It's just like, who is this for? Who are you? Who are you talking to? Because it's it's not resonating with me. It's not resonating with she or he. It's not resonating to any of us. So you need to know, you know, who are you speaking to and who are you speaking for? I mean, of course you're speaking for yourself, but a lot of times your target audience, your target consumer and the person that you're actually speaking to. And I would say this more so on a personal brand level when it comes to like corporate brands and all of that stuff, their target consumer is not necessarily a direct reflection of themselves. Um, but when it comes down to creating a personal brand and when it comes down to me, I would say when it comes to creating a winning niche, a lot of times your demographic and who you're speaking to, a lot of times they're going to have a lot of similar interests with what you have going on with your personal life. That's why you're able to speak to them so well because you are a reflect, like they see themselves in you, you know? So, you know, how do you unlock or how do you discover your niche? I feel like being aware and being introspective about, you know, yourself is going to just help you solve a lot of the problems that you might be having when it comes to your brand and when it comes to your business. So I like to ask questions like, who are you? And like, genuinely, who are you? Like, what do you like? What topics do you like to discuss or what things do you know well? What are people often calling on you for, you know, when it comes to assistance or when they want people consult with you, you know, you might not realize it, but oftentimes people are consulting with you. They want to know, how did you do that? What did, can you help me with X, Y, and Z? And also take into consideration what types of people are asking you these types of questions, you know, it's going to be a common theme or a common thread between the questions that you get and the people who who ask you those questions. Um, I will also just kind of think about what are some unconventional things that you have about you and find that intersection between your broad interests and just make it a little bit more specific. Again, I love natural hair, but I'm also... Now I'm a, I have short hair. So that's, that's something new for me. Um, when my hair was longer, I often would, I, yes, I was doing natural hair tutorials, but I was also finding a lot of black owned businesses that I wanted to feature on my, my channel. That's another thing when it comes to a niche. I also want to really just stress that a niche is going to be ever evolving. Just like you, your platform, I will hope does not stay the same. A lot of times your platform is going to just be a reflection of your actual journey. So you're going to go through probably different phases where you show different things. So that also means that your niche is going to change. I just think that it's important that you narrow down or you at least try to find a niche and figure out who it is that you speak to because that's what's going to set you apart from everybody else again. Like I said, the goal isn't necessarily to make everybody a part of your audience or even make everyone a customer. I would say the goal is just to speak to a specific as well as a targeted segment of loyal consumers who keep coming back for your content or your business. So I'm going to give you guys some examples of niche influencers as well as, 
you know, brands or businesses that I like. So um, there's this lady I follow. Her name is Sister Scientist. And essentially, she's a natural hair blogger um, who is also a chemist. And she investigates as well as tests ingredients of her favorite products. I think that's really cool because it kind of gives that, you know, she shares her love for beauty as well as her backing of science to say why a product is good so that's something different a lot of times when it comes to natural hair influencers they just be throwing stuff on their hair and be like it worked so with her she takes that extra step and she uses her expertise she uses her knowledge she uses her experience to say why this is good or why this is not good um another example i really love her i've been following her for years i even bought her book um sweet potato soul so she is a vegan blogger but she sometimes uses a lot of soul food or southern inspired recipes on her platform so that's really dope you know a lot of people are interested in being vegan or being plant-based at least or just want to find you know vegan alternatives when it comes to their favorite food so that's another example of a niche instead of her just cooking soul food um she's putting a plant-based twist on it or a vegan twist on it and you know she speaks she's black too so that also she's speaking to a targeted demographic and she's been able to i think have some of her food featured in like trader joe's like they're a um or no not Trader Joe's Whole Foods she's had some of like her recipes from her cookbook actually featured in the the I would call it like the buffet style food court at Whole Foods that's dope like that's a really cool niche ass you know experience partnership collaboration but that's the you know these are the things that influencers are doing they're not just creating content videos and all of those types of things. They're creating books, you know, they're doing partnerships with large corporations. Having your food in a Whole Foods across the US, I feel like that's really huge. And she literally started a blog, like she started from a blog. She started from YouTube and she started just by showing people how she cooks food, okay? So never underestimate what you think you wanna do or what it is that you're doing with your brand. You just have to keep going because it can turn into something big. And it at the end of the day, it's already something big, but you just have to believe in it. Just, you gotta know that this is the best shit you ever did, okay? Um, and another thing, you know, another niche influencer that I like to follow on YouTube, she's a makeup enthusiast and she's also a burn survivor. So Shalom Black here on YouTube, there's a lot of people who've experienced something similar like that. And she's been vulnerable. She's been authentic. She's been transparent about her experience and as well as the things that she's been through in life. And you just never know how you talking about your life and sharing your personal testimony, how that can affect others or how that can change someone's perspective or how that can help somebody actually going through something. So that's what I mean by, you know, carving out your own lane is by just sharing your experiences and talking about the things that are important to you. So now I'm going to share with you all five ways to establish your niche, you know, and if you have some more tips, definitely let me know. But these are five ways I feel like can help anybody figure out what it is is their niche okay so one i just want you to identify your specific brand and what it is that you're going to be doing with within this brand okay similar to my last episode this is basically like what is your category focus what is your content focus what are you talking about you know what it is what are you going to be talking about talking about you know figure that out first before you even try to figure out what your niche is because that's real specific figure out just the broad layer of the onion what is what are you going to be talking about number two you know and I feel like a lot of people miss this step and I think that y'all should stop missing this step 
you need to do your research. You need to review the current industry that you're interested in on a global, a national, as well as a local level. And you need to look for holes. What is missing? You know, what is missing and how can your knowledge as well as your expertise feel that said, you know, feel that hole that's missing right now? People, like I mentioned, a lot of people miss the step of research. And so they go and they're just asking everybody questions and trying to find answers, I would say, for the questions that they have and other people doing the same thing that they're doing. And that's great and dandy, but please do your due diligence and figure out what it is, what's going on before you go and try to find answers from everybody else. Google is free. Please use it while it's free. Google is free. Read books, find books on the things that you're interested in and I'm sure you'll be like, okay, this is this is something that I would do. Like if I was in this industry, if I was within this space, I feel like this is how I can what this is what I can contribute to this space. So find the hole, you know, find the gap and figure out how you can fill it. Number three, you should decide on your differentiator or your, you know, what are you going to be bringing that's different? You know, what new twist are you going to be adding to your industry? And this might take you some time to find. Please do not feel like you have to rush into figuring this out. For me, like, it's taking me some time. I had to really take a step back and be like, Nia, okay, your platform is changing. You know, the things that you want to talk about, they're changing. Yes, you love natural hair. Yes, you love beauty. But also, I'm very passionate um about you know influencer marketing i'm very passionate about strategy brand strategy to be exact as well as digital marketing but i'm also extremely yes i'm very passionate about beauty i'm but more specifically (laughs) i am passionate about natural hair when it comes to black people black men black women whoever i'm very passionate about that those are my those are my niches. You know, I might have two. Those are those are the things that I'm very passionate about. So figure out what's that hole that you have. Another example I would say too, um, I'm a avid, you know, consumer of cannabis. <laughs> um, and if we're being very honest, black people are not seen in the legal cannabis industry. So what did I do? I decided to do my due diligence as well as my research and figure out what's going on. You know, what are some legal things that are going on, but also who's dominating this industry more specifically. So cannabis, when it comes to cannabis, CBD is specifically what's legal right now. I've seen a lot of CBD companies just pop up and I've also seen a lot of brands more specifically add CBD to their ingredients. So I'm looking around, I'm shopping, I'm going to Sephora, I'm trying to figure out, you know, who's putting CBD in their products, you know, what are they charging, who's doing it, how are they doing it? Again, when I'm at Sephora's website, I'm also realizing that a lot of black people are, one, not in Sephora. Two, there's actually probably maybe only one black-owned brand that's actually using CBD in their products. So I'm like, hmm, this is something that I can use as a differentiator within my brand because, one, I'm already a consumer of cannabis. Two, I've, you know, done my research. I've done my due diligence. And then three, you know, this is something that can give me a competitive edge when it comes over other people or other brands that are trying to establish themselves as a natural hair brand. So I just feel like that's just a clear cut example about how you can find a niche and how you can carve out your own lane. That doesn't mean go steal my (laughs) example. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, you really could do what you want to do because at the end of the day, my brand is my brand and what's for me is going to always be for me. And what's for you is literally, it's always going to be for you. 
Um, and my last tip, I would say when it just comes down to finding your niche, really ask yourself, is there an actual need for what you're doing <laughs> or will you create the need that, you know, people never knew they wanted. So just take some time and be like, am I just trying to do this because everybody else is trying to create a brand? Am I just trying to hop on a bandwagon? Have I been doing my research and I've really, I'm just trying to emulate what another brand has already done. Don't do that. You know, really ask yourself, is this necessary? Do I have to do this? Is this what's for me? Or are you just trying to do like a get rich quick scheme? You know, figure that out. Please, integrity is very important. So you can do all of this. You can test it out and you can see if it works. Everything is not going to work. Every niche is not going to work. I thought that I was a makeup blogger at one point. I love makeup, but that's not, honestly, that's not what people come to me for. They might, you know, and I like to talk about it and I like to incorporate it into my channel and I like to incorporate it into the content that I do. But honestly, would I consider myself personally a makeup blogger? No, I'm more so beauty blogger, natural hair more specifically. That's my niche. That's, I'm your girl for that, okay? So just test things out. Some things will work. Some things won't work. That's okay. You know, life is a never-ending trial, <laughs> so to speak. So here's an exercise that I would like for you all to do. Um, and I just want you to write down three things that you enjoy or that you're currently doing within your brand, okay? So then after you've written down those three things that you enjoy or that you're currently doing within your brand, I want you to make three little bullets. And then I want you to jot down some things that you're knowledgeable, seasoned, or you have some sort of expertise on, or you see that there's something that is a growing trend within your industry boom, now you have a potential niche. Okay. Does that make sense? I hope so. I'll share my examples and then you can kind of get a, get a, get a gist of what I mean by that. So boom, my first bullet, I have natural hair. So that's something that I'm very knowledgeable or seasoned about. Um, something that I'm experiencing right now, I would say I'm experiencing shorter hair. <laughs> I'm experiencing shorter natural hair. So a niche or an example of a niche that I can be I can have right now is natural hair videos that focus on shorter curly hair. There are people who are in this stage of their life where they maybe just cut their hair or they want to cut their hair and they might not feel motivated or confident enough in, to do so. So for me, showing my experience of me loving my hair, actually going through the journey of understanding shorter hair because I've always had longer hair is, is something for somebody to connect with on, with me. And again, it's a niche. Um, Another example of, you know, things that I enjoy, influencer marketing, um, something that I'm seasoned or I'm experienced in, I would say is the black, ex black woman experience specifically within the influencer um, field. It's very disproportionate when it comes to pay. It's very disproportionate when it comes to opportunity. However, I'm eager to make a change. How am I going to do so? by this very podcast, by sharing the knowledge, the tools, the tips, and all of the things that I've learned as well as resources with you all so that you all can be stronger within this industry. And then I would say my last, um, my last like little niche that I can make is skincare. I really love and enjoy skincare. However, I have hyperpigmentation. So that would be my differentiator. And then bam, the niche would be Skincare tutorials that solve um, a problem with hyperpigmentation as well as dark marks. That's a niche. You know, there are people who have been struggling with dark, dark marks and hyperpigmentation for their whole life. Or they might have just started experiencing that. And creating videos or creating content centered around solving 
you know, hyperpigmentation specifically as a black woman that can help thousands of people. So, you know, just sharing your journey and making it a little bit more tailored again, will it will single out the people or will call the people who are looking so desperately for the content or the answers of the things that you are going to be solving. So lastly, I just want you to, to leave you all with some nuggets and some things to think about, you know, if you're still unsure of your niche, um, just really ask yourself, what are you knowledgeable about? You know, what have you personally experienced in life and how can you make a, the world a better place by sharing that knowledge and your personal testimony. You know, I feel like we we underestimate our testimonies and the very experiences that have shaped us in life and how that can that too can help somebody in life and how that too can, you know, really be what people need out of life. So, you know, I just can't stress this enough, you know, but you have the answers, you know, that somebody needs to make it to that next step in life. So, you know, don't be stingy or scared with sharing your gifts, you know, that's what you were placed here to do. So I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I really want to keep it short and sweet because the last episode was like 50 minutes and I was like, okay, you really getting ahead of yourself, Mia. So I wanted to give you all something simple, something sweet. Um, If you have a niche, definitely comment. Please let me know what your niche is in the comments if you're watching on YouTube. But even on Apple, please, I really just really would love for you all to rate this podcast as well as just leave some comments Um. If you are in the Apple app, I would greatly appreciate that. But this is this week's episode. I hope that you all enjoy. If you do decide on your niche, shoot me a a message on Instagram or Twitter. And I will see you all or hear from you all in the next podcast.